Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Earlier today, we caught up with Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years. Visit gcldiesel.com. Let's get to our one-on-one sit-down with Louis DeBrasque. Louis, the Edmonton Oilers uh, headed to tonight's game against the Dallas Stars coming off a victory in the Heritage Classic. Now, I, I know I was uh, watching some action on Saturday night, and you were not with us uh, for the Heritage Classic, but you did watch it. But what did you think of the Oilers' performance? Great performance. You know what? I, I You could tell it was a big game for both teams, and I think rightfully so with the, the records that both teams had coming into the Classic, but also a unique situation to go out and play outdoors. In November, well, end of October, but at the, a time when it's typically minus 20, to 25 degrees. It was a beautiful day. It was sunny. Uh, it was a great turnout by all the fans. I thought it looked amazing. And uh, hey, they got to see Nickel back in the in the second intermission too, which is always great. They also got their captain back, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and they had a second line dominate the game. And I don't know if it's a tale of where two organizations are at. The great expectations in Edmonton, and maybe Calgary might have to come to terms. I, you know, it, it, as well as the Oilers playing, they did play well in that line of Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and Kane dominated. Mm-hmm. Part of me, as somebody who was at ice level, uh, was thinking to myself, "How'd you like it down there, buddy?" It was, it was, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we've I broadcast games where we've only been three rows above the ice to begin with. So, yeah. but just uh, just a thought on on how much you can read in Edmonton's performance, and and, and frankly, how much you should read in Calgary's. Well, I think Edmonton was just a little overwhelming at the start. They came out, they were the, the hungrier team, and hungry is a word I like to use when you're, you're getting after it. And this, this is a hungry team right now. They're not happy with the way things have started. They're sick and tired of talking to us about it, and rightfully so. Um, the Flames are in a similar situation, but Edmonton just came out and were early on the hungrier team. I thought the Flames pushed back in certain segments of the, of the game, but it was dictated by penalties taken by Edmonton again. Reoccurring theme for the Reoccurring theme that they have to get rid of because you look at teams coming in, they've only given up four power plays against against Edmonton the last couple of games. They know there's a deadly power play over there, so they're taking it out of the equation by playing disciplined hockey. Edmonton needs to do the same thing. Don't allow teams to get anything back into a game by taking stick infractions and bad penalties. It's been creeping in. They've They've given up three power plays against or more in every game they played this year. It needs to be lessened. And that's one of those things that, I, that just stood out for me that they allowed the Flames to come back and they scored a couple power play goals, uh, one power play goal, sorry, at the end. So you can't do that. You just can't allow a team to find that offensive game. Um, for me, I, listen, they were skating. When this team skates and they want to forecheck and they're hungry on pucks, that's when they have success. Obviously having Connor back, I think it was a huge boost to the team, huge boost to the community. They came out to watch that game and have a number 97 flying around out there. Um, Listen, there were other guys that stepped up, though. We've been talking about it for a while. Evander Kane had another big, big game. He was noticeable all night long. Zach Hyman's always a driver, and that second line really allows them to load up with Dreisaitl and McDavid on the top line. So I think you're going to see the same thing tonight. The rotation through that, and they'll play with different guys. And 
Good things happen when that happens. All right, uh, Evander Kane, let's talk a bit about him. You went a little old school because this is kind of, this, this used to happen a lot when you played. When you had power forwards that were maybe in a bit of a scoring funk, they'd get themselves, I mean, there was more fighting, obviously, yeah. back when you played. He's tried but, to fight the last four games. Right. You know, he's, he's literally gone out there and asked guys to go. Because Now, listen, I have a theory about this, and, you know, you can say it, it's about how you're playing. There's an internal compass there that says, hey, I'm not doing the things I need to do. So what's the best way to get out of that? The best way to get out of that is to get out of your comfort zone and do something that you know is going to get the adrenaline going. 100%, if you go out there and you have in your mind, I'm going to run over someone, not because I want to hit on the score sheet, but because I don't like the opposition. I don't like the guy I'm playing against. And you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to stop you from scoring a goal. So that should piss you off. So go out there and hit him like you mean it. Evander Kane hits people like he means it. I mean, he took a couple runs. Even the one hit from behind, I mean, listen, you'll, you'll be okay with that kind of a penalty from Evander Kane because that means he's out there and he's, he's playing a physical game. Obviously, he has to be careful in that regard because he's a very good hitter, but he gets enough hits in and enough licks in during a game. So when he ratchets that up, the intensity of the hits, when he's out there talking to guys, when he's in the scrum, noisy, I like to say, he's a player. He's been a player. We're joined by Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Uh, Louis, the Oilers got some guys with some zeros, and they haven't gotten out of their comfort zone. You know, in theory, they were supposed to be two-thirds of the Oilers' third line, and that's Ryan McLeod and Dylan Holloway. We're eight games into the season here, and the Oilers really haven't had any secondary scoring at all. No, and obviously with the change signing of Sam Gagne, who is in his third stint with the Edmonton Oilers, so congratulations to him. What he did is not easy. To come in on a professional tryout after having double hip surgery, after having to rehab, get yourself back into shape, this guy loves the game of hockey. That's the one thing about Sam Gagne that I've learned over the years from him being a rookie in this league on the kid line. You know, Cogliano and Nilsson and him just kind of coming in and showing everybody that they're ready to play in this league, to having to go down to the Myers when he went to Philadelphia, to grinding himself back into the NHL, to learning how to penalty kill, to fight when he has to fight. We just talked about getting out of your comfort zone. Sam Gagne has a compass. He understands what he has to do to get himself going, and he's not afraid to put the work in. He's a great example for anybody on this team, for a guy that's persevered for a long time. He's seen the top, he's seen the bottom, he's seen somewhere in the middle, and he still wants to go out there and grind every night. So he's a good addition to the team, in my opinion. But they need more. They need more from the bottom six. Simple as that. We've talked about this for years. The clouds of the world, the Holloways of the world. Let's go. You, 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 listen, here. and I'm watching them out skating right now. I got a feeling tonight, Bob. I don't know yeah. why. I've, I get these feelings every once in a while. McLeod was zipping that puck around out there in the in the morning skate. We just watched him. He picked a couple on Stuart Skinner, who's not easy to beat. I mean, he challenges everybody, every shot and every practice. He was scoring a couple. Dylan Holloway's got a great shot, too. And it's about changing your mentality and saying, listen, when I get that puck, I'm going to get myself to a good spot, and I'm going to zip this thing on net. Try and stop me. That's the attitude you got to have. All right. There was a subtle shift as well during the game. It was tough to tell in the first period. And frankly, it was tough to tell when we were below, uh, uh, you know, the, the, we were right at ice level yeah. at the dasher <laughs> level. But Calgary wasn't in Edmonton's zone a lot in the first period. No. But the Oilers were much more assertive. They won a lot more puck battles. doesn't matter if you play zone or if you play man-to-man. In fact, we can prove this because Jake played in Boston, yep. and he played, uh, obviously, for Bruce Cassidy. They had zone. And part of the reason why they had zone is they had Zidane Char, and they wanted Zidane no char in front of Lynette, and that's sort of how they built out their zone. Now, who did Boston lose to two years ago in the playoffs? 
Carolina? Carolina. They play straight man. Yeah. And then there's a hybrid. The Oilers morphed into more yeah, of a... They, they have morphed into hybrid before. Yes, right. So, and, and the Oilers played more of a hybrid the other game. But what I liked is their urgency and compete defensively, mm-hmm. way better. Because that game in Minnesota, Minnesota was winning 75% of the puck battles. They got picked apart against the Rangers. Now, Minnesota's got Caprice off. They got uh, Zuccarello. And the Rangers have, you know... A, a lot of interchanging and, and right. rotation. They have t- those two teams can do that to you. The Oilers switch. Dallas Stars do that too. Yeah, Dallas, a veteran team, and that's where I want to. Their defense so, activate. So a subtle change to Edmonton's defense, more assertive, less time defending passively. It worked against Calgary. It's a different challenge against the Dallas Stars team. It's called digging in. Yeah, you know, simple as that. I don't care what zone or what man on man or what hybrid you're Sound thinking like, you're playing. Sounds like Mac team. No, honestly, you got to win the puck honestly, battle. Honestly, if you don't go in there and win your battle with whoever it is you're going up against, and we use that word a lot, it is about the battle. I'm sorry, that is what this game is about. It's about winning and losing battles. And the more you win, the better your chances are at winning the hockey game. The little ones add up. You know that scene with uh, Pacino when he goes in and goes all those little yards? Yeah. What's that? The longest? Any, any, given Sunday. any given Sunday. It's true. You can't sit here and look at the outcome and say, okay, it's going to be. You can't look ahead. you got to put all that work in to get to that point at the end. So... Um, for me, it's just about urgency. I think you have to go in there with the mentality, regardless of what you're playing in the defensive zone. If it's your time to attack and win a battle and it's your time to go out and eliminate a man, then go eliminate that man. That is your guy. Take care of it. Take care of the situation when it comes to you or when you need to go to it. They were moving their legs, though. I found that early in the year there was a, a few times where they were caught in between where yes. they were watching and not really thinking and not going or overthinking, if you want to say that. Can't happen. You have to, you have to be urgent. I'll tell you, any coach will tell you, I'd rather you make a mistake out of urgency and effort than standing there and doing nothing. Any coach will tell you that. I don't care who it is. If you're standing there and you just don't react and don't do anything, they're going to say, hey, what were you doing in that situation? But if you're urgent and you react, at least someone can react off of you if it's the wrong thing and fill in a gap somewhere. But if if nobody's going to take that commitment and say, I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to be hard on this, then it's hard for someone to react off of you. It's the same thing coming back as a winger. If I wasn't coming back hard enough, how's the defenseman to know who he's supposed to take? They have to continually back in, back in, back in. But if you have that really aggressive back pressure in a game, then the defenseman knows, I trust you, you're going to get that guy, and I'll just take this guy. I'll just eliminate the guy that I can eliminate. It really does clean things up for you in all zones, but especially the defensive zone. Final question for Louis DeBrus. For GCL Diesel, every Thursday on Oilers Now, Cam and Lauren from GCL Diesel. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Louis, 1997, your last year with yeah. the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers <laughs> executed one of the biggest upsets in the playoffs during the 1990s when they knocked off the Dallas Stars. What's strange about that series? You guys were up in every year. one nothing, up 2-1, up 3-2, yeah. and, and eventually winning game seven. When you think of that series, your last year in Edmonton, by the way, what, yeah. what, what, do, you, what do you think? I think of a lot of things, actually, and for me, it was kind of the coming out for Ryan Smith, you know, where he really became a superstar, like a real premier player in the league, because it was a big moment, first taste of the playoffs for him. Um, So I thought, you know, like for him, he came out and he had a great playoffs. Curtis Joseph was remarkable. He was incredible. Two years in a row. Um, So, I mean, you you can't not think of that series and not think of Cujo and what he did, but just big-time players. Guys came up big. Todd Marchant, the overtime winner, I mean, that was just, it was probably, well, the second big moment in his career because he won a Stanley Cup with Anaheim, but he'll always be able to refer back to that and remember that huge goal. We were the underdog, no question about it. We knew we were the underdog, but we knew we also had some 
piss and vinegar. <laughs> you know what I'm it was like, we could go out there and we could make it a tough night. And I remember it because Kevin Primo used to put the hit tape together before every game. Because we knew that was the way we had to play. We had to go out there and make sure that we were playing. We had to make sure that we were going out there and finishing checks every single time we could because we needed to wear down a very veteran core team, really. The Dallas Stars were an older team. But they, they knew how to weather storms, and we had to make it such a storm that they didn't weather it. They still did weather it to some degree, to be honest with you. If it wasn't for Cujo, it could have been a different outtake. But um, he found a way to make the stops, and we found a way to win, which was incredible. That is Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing service, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices for over 50 years. Visit GCLDiesel.com. Due to popular demand, New West Travel has added a second package on the exclusive Oilers Now roadie to Montreal to watch the Oilers play the Canadians. This package includes airfare, three nights in a deluxe hotel in downtown Montreal, game tickets in a private suite with food and drinks, and of course, a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal this January. To be a part of this awesome Montreal road trip, call New West Travel today or go online at newwesttravel.com. When we come back, we're going to hear a clip from Connor McDavid about uh, the NHL moving towards neck protection. Oh, and we have a ticket giveaway coming up for an event on uh, November the 30th. It is not a hockey game, but something you might want to be a part of. We'll return with Oilers now after this. It's 448 at Edmonton. So, Bubba J, what have you been doing today? I've been watching NASCAR and drinking beer. That's your favorite sport. Yeah, NASCAR is too. <laughs> you know, NASCAR is very hot right now. Oh, I know. Everybody loves NASCAR. Well, sweet daddy said it's just a bunch of guys driving in a circle. Oh, I know. That's my favorite part. They're making a left turn. <laughs> it's a sport that's easy to follow when you're handling. <laughs> All right, 6.30 Chad is excited to welcome Jeff Dunham, comedian Jeff Dunham, to Rogers Place on November 30th on his still-not-canceled tour. It's actually quite remarkable he hasn't been canceled yet because, you know, aren't we trying to cancel every comedian out there? This marks a triumphant return to television for the comedy superstar, and he and his cast of world-famous characters now announce the launch of their 2023-24 tour, Still Not Cancelled. You can get uh, more info and your tickets at ticketmaster.ca, and we will take the fourth caller through at 780-496-0063 for a pair of tickets to the Jeff Dunham Still Not Cancer Tour. There you go. Still Not Cancer Tour. Uh, he's had a little bit of controversy. Let's just... <laughs> he has a character that's a terrorist that apparently upsets some people, but, you know, we don't use the words like terrorism anymore on, our, on radio, um, even though... The Canadian government still refers to certain groups as actual terrorists. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. It is 4.53 in Edmonton. Hope you're having a terrific Thursday. Connor McDavid did an extended availability today. And uh, in light of the passing of Adam Johnson, the on-ice incident over in England on Saturday night, um, yesterday the Western Hockey League made it mandatory that all players starting uh, Friday uh, will have neck protection uh, to mirror what the OHL and the QMJHL are doing. Connor McDavid was asked today uh, if the National Hockey League is perhaps moving towards neck protection. 
Well, first and foremost, um, you know, we're thinking about uh, Adam's uh, family, um, you know, and all of his, all of his loved ones, and and um, you know, such a tragic incident. Um, you know, but the game is so fast out there. The game is uh, unpredictable at times, and and uh, no matter how smart or well prepared or how many years you've been playing the game, you know, random things happen. And and um, you know, we obviously saw it last year with Evander. I mean, these cuts are are really scary. I think you're seeing a lot of cut-proof gear um, come into play. Um, you know, whether or not you see something around the neck, I, I don't know. Um, but. Um, you know, really scary. But I know our, our. Sorry, I know. You know, after Vander's instant talking to our medical staff, you know, and they're prepared to handle just about every situation on the ice. And uh, you know, we put a lot of faith in those guys and know that uh, you know they can, they can handle just about anything. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, quite tragic. And I, for a lot of you out there, I know you probably don't want to watch the video. Or it's, it's. And you know what? To be frank, it it hasn't been that there were some people that ended up showing a little bit of the video and it's just absolutely brutal to watch and just a horrific uh, tra- on-ice tragedy. And I think that uh, certainly we are seeing uh, the immediate results and again, illustrated by the Western Hockey League. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, Derek Scott with you. Uh, Derek, who ended up uh, winning the tickets to the Jeff Dunham show on November the 30th? Yes, our winner's name is Wes. Well done, Wes. Is it is it Wes from West Edmonton? I, I knew that guy, Wes, from West Edmonton back in the day. You can text us anytime at 780-496-0063. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and we've gotten a couple texts on this, way too many five-on-threes against and really gave the Calgary Flames uh, an opportunity to work their way back into the game uh, the other night in the Heritage Classic. The Flames didn't have much five-on-five, five. and in fact, last night against the Dallas Stars, Calgary probably played better for about a period and a half and lost the mojo. Let's bring aboard Brendan Escott. Brendan, the order's got to find a way. Uh, they got to find a way to limit the penalties. They've been, on average, taking two or three more penalties than the opposition every game, and it's certainly caught up to them, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, you're talking, sorry, about the Oilers taxing their own penalty kill? Yeah, they're killing them right now. they got to y- ease up, man. Y- yeah, you're you're chasing the game when you, you start doing that to yourself. And here's the part, I'll go back to what I was saying quickly in the offseason about Evander Kane. And this is, he is a beacon for referee attention. He's out there, he's policing things himself. But you see how often he ends up sitting in the penalty box as a result. Even some body checks or skirmishes, let's say. It just seems like referees are on higher alert. So I'm not so sure you want to invite another true beacon of that rather than uh, just a couple of players into the bottom six that are able to you know sort of absorb and distribute some more punishment and I also think Bob tonight's a pretty good test in a physical big Dallas team in terms of how much Edmonton can endure physically well are they you know what they have an older more mature team uh, I would suggest to you that older players that stay in the league this long generally speaking know how to handle physical contact. I mean, Ryan Suter is not an explosive player at this stage in his career, but he certainly knows how to body players effectively. Hockenpah's a massive man on the fence. That's the player the Oilers are hoping that Vincent DeHarnay gets to. Jamie Benn is still Jamie Benn. Um, you know, I recall back to what happened last season 
in this building on a Saturday afternoon. Jack Campbell had a tough start and a breakdown with his equipment on one of the goals, but Jamie Benn was, uh, you know, getting in the, uh, the head of Zach Hyman during the course of that game. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to head off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update again with Randy Kilburn, and when we come back, uh, we will have Ron McLean for Century Casino Edmonton. Bob Stafford joining you live from Rogers Place. It's a game night. The Oilers and the Dallas Stars. Randy, up next with a Global News Weather Traffic Update.